What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Thank you so very much for tuning in, hanging out with us today, worshiping with us online. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. It's helping people all over the place. Also, I say this every week, but for those of you that continue to worship with us by giving online, worshiping through generosity for God so loved the world that he gave, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You allow us to love more people, help more people, feed more people, and serve more people. You allow our gathering to be the hands and feet of God and Jesus Christ to our city and our community. A little over eight years ago, one day when I was exercising, I herniated a disc in my lower back. I heard it when it happened. I heard it pop. Sounded like a piece of wood breaking. It was awful. I was in pain. I was laying down for a week. I couldn't walk for a week. A friend of mine who was a doctor had to come over to my apartment just to work on me. I had to wear a back brace. I could barely walk. But you know what? I was a person of faith when that happened. I was a Christian when that happened. And no one ever made me feel like I wasn't close to God because my back went out. No one ever made me feel like there was something deeply wrong with me because my back went out. No one ever said, hey, Tony, you need to pray and get closer to God. And maybe your back won't go out. Maybe your back will feel better. And you know what? No one made me feel like I needed to pretend like my back wasn't better. No one said, hey, get a grip on your back pain. Get a grip on the way that you're limping around and walking. No one made me feel like I had to pretend like I didn't have back pain. Everyone knew, everyone could tell that I had this physical injury. About five years ago, I got the flu for the very first time. For the very first time, the fever, the shakes, the chills, the cough, the sweats, the aches and the pains. It makes you feel like you're going to die. And you know what? I was a Christian when I got the flu for the first time. And no one ever said, hey, man, get a grip on your flu. Get a grip on your fever. Get a grip on your cough. Act like you don't have a cough that's so severe. Act like you don't have a fever that's so severe. If you would just get close to God, you wouldn't have the flu anymore. No one made me feel that way. And no one made me feel like I needed to pretend like the flu wasn't that serious. Everyone could tell, Tony's really sick, man. We need to probably pray for him. It was obvious that I had the flu. But you got to understand something. Many times whenever someone or someone that we know has a mental health struggle or a mental health battle, how are those people treated? Most of the time, not with the same compassion that you and I treat someone who's sick physically or injured physically, especially if that person is a person of faith or a Christian. We tell them things. Things like get your act together, get closer to God, get a grip on your pain, handle up. But we never tell people like that if they have a physical sickness or a physical injury. We don't tell them if their back goes out or if they get the flu or they have to have shoulder surgery. Hey man, get a grip, get closer to God, get a handle on your pain, get a handle on your fever, get a handle on your cough. But people with mental health struggles, especially Christians, are often treated that way. Get a grip. Pray more, focus more, meditate more, worship more, get right with God. What is wrong with you spiritually? But something we have to understand today is this, and notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Our mind can get just as sick as our body. And for many people, especially believers, the worst part about having a mental health struggle is that many people around you expect you to behave and act like you don't have a mental health struggle. And so it's my prayer that this series would 
would help you and I understand mental health battles and mental health struggles in a better way and in a more clear way. Or if we have someone in our life that suffers with a mental health battle, we can understand how to help them out or what they're going through in a more better way or clear way. And like I told you last week, as we continue with this series called One More Day, this is very personal for me, but this is also very needed and very, very necessary. We don't want to add to this problem in the past. The church has added to this problem. We don't want to add to this problem. We want to approach this struggle, this mental health struggle with logic and reason and faith and love and compassion. And so because of that, this is the question, the main big idea that we've been focusing on every single week in this series. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. How can I deal with either my own mental health struggle or someone who is close to me that deals with it in a way that is practical and spiritual? You know, it's been reported that our parish, Calcasieu Parish, has the highest suicide attempts in our state. And it's been reported that our state, Louisiana, has the highest attempts in our nation. So, Louisiana has the highest suicide attempts in our nation. And our parish that we live in, Calcasieu Parish, has the highest attempts in the state. So man, like I've told you before, we are living in the hotbed of it. And mental health professionals have pinpointed a few reasons. Number one, we went through just three years ago, two major category hurricane storms that just devastated our area back to back, just a month and a half apart from each other. So much devastation, so much wreckage, so much debris, so much loss, slow recovery, a slow economic recovery. On top of that, you add personal problems and personal struggles. Then there's high stress, low income jobs. The cost of living just gets higher, higher and higher. And on top of all that, you can get any type of drug that you want to in the street, probably from your next door neighbor. People are struggling. People are hurting. And so before you and I form an opinion about what someone else does or about what they're suffering with or about what they're going through, you and I always have to understand something. There's always a story behind the story. There may be some pain that we know nothing about behind what you actually see. There may be some circumstances, some storms, some heartache, some loss that you may nothing about behind what you see. There may be some tragedies that you may nothing about behind what you actually See, And this is also why the church needs to stop putting pressure on people that suffer with mental health struggles to behave and act like it's not that serious. Notice how David puts it in Psalm chapter 34, verses 17 through 18. The Lord hears his people when they call out to him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Now in these two verses, King David gives us some direction and he gives us an action to apply to our soul, to apply to our heart, and to apply to our life. And that action is to reach out to God, to call out to God, to seek God. Seek to be the type of person that always wants to, in a personal way, get closer and closer and closer to Jesus through personal prayer, through personal meditation, through personal study, through personal worship, and through serving through your local church. All of that helps us get closer to God. And when we do, in this passage, David says, if we're the type of person that calls out to God and we seek God and we're always trying to grow in our intimacy with Jesus, there's a promise to hold on to. And this is what the promise is. And notice that if you're still with me, Sam's still
still with you. God draws close to those people who have troubles, whose hearts are broken, whose spirits are crushed, to give us love, help, and hope. The truth of Jesus is this. God is a refuge for people who are hurting. God is a refuge for people who are struggling. God is a refuge for people who are crushed and heartbroken. And that includes people that are struggling with their mental health struggles and their mental health storms. And so logically, God's church should also be a refuge for people that are struggling, hurting, brokenhearted, crushed in spirit, battling with depression, sadness, anguish, uncertainty, uh, anxiety, panic, deep, deep brokenness in their soul. Now, these two verses also teach us something else, and that is this, and notice this today. Sometimes we seek God because we need Him to do something in our life for us. We need strength during a trial, comfort during our pain, presence during loneliness, but it doesn't stop there. It's not just God working in our life for us. Notice how the missionary Paul puts it in Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Notice that phrase working for God, working for the Lord. And when we work for God, he says do it willingly or with a positive attitude. Sometimes we do work for God. Next verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. The missionary says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. There are some things that God gives us strength to do. There are some things that God does for us, but also there are some things that we do for God. Notice what the missionary says. I can do, I can do all things. We move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether we eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for God. Do it for God's glory. Now, understanding all of that, remember this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Sometimes we need God to do something in our life for us. And at other times, God calls us to do something for him. Let me explain it to you in this way. And I think this may turn some lights on for you today. I often get asked this question when talking with someone who's trying to overcome something. I often get asked this question when talking with someone who's maybe trying to overcome a temptation, a battle, a weakness, a trial, a mental health struggle. And this question usually looks something like this. And notice this today. How do I get close enough to God? so he can take this battle away from me in my life. And the truth is this, it doesn't work that way. And this is what I mean. And this is where the lights are gonna pop on for you. There are some things that only God can do in our life for us, like the salvation of our souls, the forgiveness of our sins, revealing his will to us for a certain circumstance or giving us peace by his presence when we're alone. Only God can do that for us. There are some things that only God can do for us, but there are some things that God calls us to do for him. For instance, God's not going to forgive your enemies for you. You have to do that. God's not going to change your attitude for you. God's not going to go to rehab or professional therapy for you. God's not going to your relationship for you. God's not going to make better choices for you. These are things that God actually calls you to do for yourself, for God, and for His glory. And so anytime someone asks me, Tony, how do I get close enough to God so God can take this away from me, for me, I always have to tell them, and this is what I say, and notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. This isn't something that God does for you. This is actually something that God calls you to do by making a firm decision of the will to choose to tackle this battle head on and work hard to overcome it for yourself, 
for him and for his glory. Notice this verse, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. So here's another great thing that we, you and I, we can do whenever we feel like our mental health struggles and battles are just taking us past our limits, taking us to the edge and getting the best of us. I always ask this question. There are certain things that I need to do for God, certain things that I need to do for myself and to bring God glory. So anytime I feel like I'm sinking in my thinking, I always stop and ask this question. And this is what the question is. What do I need right now? Whenever I'm feeling stressed, burnt out, sad, lonely, anxious, deeply depressed, struggling in my thinking, that's when I know that I need to tune in and tune into God. And in, most, in my most stressful moments, I like to stop take a deep breath and ask myself, what do I need right now? And what do I need to do right now? And the answers are usually different and they could be many different things. Sometimes as simple as making myself pray in that moment. Sometimes just to take a drive, just to take a deep breath and get away. Sometimes to call a close friend for some encouragement. Sometimes talking to a professional. Sometimes God wants me to turn my phone off and just watch something funny on TV. Sometimes God wants me to lay down and meditate and pray and listen to worship music right now because I need I need it. I need it right now. And this is not something that God does in me for me. No, no, no. This is something that God calls me to do as a disciple for me, for my recovery, for God, because people are watching and for his honor and for his glory. You might be surprised at how simple the answer is. Anytime you feel like you're struggling and sinking in your thinking, always stop and ask that question. What do I need right now and what do I need to do right now? Now, let's go back to the beginning. Maybe this series is finally helping you understand mental health struggles and mental health battles in your own life. And maybe it's helping you understand the mental health struggles and battles in the lives of other people who are close to you. And as Jesus followers, not only do we need to be a refuge for people that we love, but we need to be a refuge for all people who are hurting and all people who are struggling. So really quick today, let me give you some things to never, ever, ever say to someone who's struggling with mental health battles. We want to be a refuge of compassion, grace, and love, and we don't want to add to the problem. So these are some things to never, ever, ever say to someone who you know is dealing and battling with their mental health. The first thing is this. Someone else has it worse off than you. Mental illness doesn't stop in my life. A mental health battle doesn't stop in my life just because someone somewhere else in the world is going through something far worse than me. That's obvious. Other people are going through worse things than us, but it doesn't make your sickness and your battle go away. The world is dark and full of terrors and so don't make me feel guilty about my own struggles. The next thing is this, you can do it, you're so strong. Thanks, but strength doesn't help. Mental health struggles is a lifelong battle and just because we kick the anxiety demon today doesn't mean that it's not going to come back next week and if it does, we don't want to start thinking that it came back because we're not strong enough. The next one is this, snap out of it, believe us. If we could, we would. If dealing with our mental health struggles was as simple as just snapping your finger, that's what we would do. We go through seasons. Sometimes we do okay, sometimes we don't, but don't tell people to snap out of it. The next thing is this, everyone gets stressed out. Sure, that's accurate. 
Everyone gets stressed out, but being stressed out is not the same thing as dealing with a battle of depression and anxiety and loneliness. Listen, just because, just because your midterms are over and just because you got a pay raise doesn't mean that everyone else around you doesn't need to struggle in their mental health. Sometimes it's much, much deeper than you realize. Next is this. You're just looking for attention. It's actually the opposite. People with mental health battles don't want any any anything to draw attention to what they're dealing with. In fact, that's the last thing that they want. Their tears are not advertisements for attention. Their tears are cries for help. Last is this. We're all working through something. Don't tell people that. We all know that we're all working through something. But the best way to support someone through a mental health struggle is not to talk, but to listen. It's not to talk, but to listen. Sometimes, all someone needs to know is that someone else cares enough to stand by us and understand our issues, our battles, and our struggles without judgment. Always understand, don't judge, because there's always a story behind the story. So let's be that refuge for people who are hurting. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. Stay tuned in for an amazing time of worship from the amazing Water's Edge worship team. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you all.